0: Monday's going to be brief. I don't really have too much. Uh, this is the problem with them going on vacation is then when they come back, they spend most of the week like retelling the things that happened on the show when the other yeah. one was gone.
1: And we've already recapped that stuff, so I'd, I kind of don't want to talk about it a third time.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I well. know, just another discussion about cutting carrots on the bias. Uh, yeah.
2: I'm still not sure I get that. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the twice-weekly podcast celebrating the world-famous radio show-turned-podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. On Fridays, we bring you all kinds of entertaining appreciation shows, but on Mondays, we are about the business of recapping the previous week of TBTL. I am Mike, and I host from Kyle, Texas. My co-hosts, in order of far to near, are from New Brighton, Minnesota, and Lundholm. Hello, Anne. Good morning, Mike. And from up a floodplain or two in Dallas, in Meredith is all the way, Mahan. Hello, Meredith. Hi, Mike. Uh, we have some LRB business to discuss this morning. Um, there'll be a pup date. We'll find out what's been baking. I'll tell a Kyle story. We might even have some more business. Been having a lot of business lately in LRB, mm-hmm. more, more than we ever asked for, and we appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, we'll do the weekend review, of course, and the housekeeping and, and how to get involved. Um, but getting right into the business the what everyone always wants to know, I mean, Kyle's stories are great, you know, what's Ann baking, but everyone wants to know what's going on with Eddie? Is he still, <laughs> is he still in the house? Has he made any more escapes? What's, what's the pup date?
1: Uh, This is a minor pup date, but, um, his namesake, uh, Eddie Maxwell, who will be coming to my house on Friday, um, has been requested every time I post a picture of Eddie, she's like, pop date, pop date, pop date. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I live to serve. Um, I have a minor story about an almost escape that gave me a minor heart attack, um, on Friday morning. So, uh, my husband Duff gets up early most mornings and goes for a run and he, he, he really goes through a lot of trouble to be quiet and not make noise because I am a late sleeper and Eddie will, Get up and get excited if he hears any door open. Mm-hmm. So he was slipping out the side door, um, which is further away from the bedroom to avoid waking us up. And then he had to go out of the side gate because our backyard's all fenced in. And the, the, the latch, I guess, was acting a little funny. So he mm-hmm. thought he had closed it all the way, but it, he didn't. And I woke up about a half hour later. It was still dark out. And I let Eddie out and I was watching him from the door oh, oh no! and it looked like he just sort of vanished into the shadow of the fence. And I was like, <laughs> that's not physically possible. Like there's not enough room <laughs> over there in the shadow. So I quickly realized like, oh, he had just walked out the gate. Mm-hmm. So I got, you know, of course my heart jumped up into my throat and I grabbed my shoes and I ran out the front door to try and intercept him and it was pitch black. I couldn't see anything. Mm. And he is a black dog. And he didn't have any collar or anything on. So I couldn't even hear him jingling around. So I was calling him and making silly noises and clapping and screaming at the top of my lungs.
2: Oh my god! <laughs> and
1: it felt like forever. But probably 30 seconds later, I heard him kind of snuffling around in the side yard. He hadn't even run anywhere. He was just <laughs> kind of sniffing around like
2: looking for some grubs to eat.
1: Yeah. And so our training uh, finally paid off, so what I did was I started clapping and running and calling him, and I ran into the backyard, and he just followed me. Oh, my God. Which is something we'd been working on in puppy school, and I'm so, so, so glad that that worked.
2: Um, did... Did Duff suffer any punishment for
1: this? <laughs> he, he suffered a barrage of angry text messages. <laughs> he had left his phone at home, so I, I I was texting and texting, and I saw it on the counter just glowing, and I was like, <laughs> oh,
2: That's unsatisfying. Yeah. You want him to be getting it in real time, you know?
1: And then, yeah, I wanted him to sprint back home and apologize, and so he walked in the door, and he's like, hey, how's it going? And I was just like, "Oh." <laughs> Go read your texts. <laughs> he felt terrible. It was an honest mistake and it turned out fine. But it was not a good way to start my Friday morning. Mm-hmm. I,
2: I often leave things unlocked or unclosed or and I hear about it. I can only imagine if it led to an, an Abbey escape. Oof. How much shit there would be to pay for that. <laughs> She'd probably rather have Emily would probably rather have someone break into our house and steal all our electronics. Yes. And and me do nothing but cower in the bedroom than one time leave some gate open that might have possibly let a dog out yeah. for 5 seconds. Yep. I agree. Oh, well, on to a more pleasant subject. And what's baking? You there was something you posted earlier in in the chat this week. What what was that? What was that one?
0: Oh, those were raspberry streusel bars. Oh, man. Those looked so good. Uh, yeah, they were really good. I am not that big into raspberries. Like, I love fresh raspberries, but raspberry flavor gets a little concentrated for me. But boy, mm-hmm. did they turn out really well. And and August is bar month at the Stick of Butter kitchen. <laughs> All the recipes I'm doing are some sort of bars. And uh as we speak, sitting on the counter, the butter is softening to make... Uh, peanut butter chocolate crispy bars. Oh man!
2: Do you ever use a shortcut to to um get your butter softened? And what is what would the that shortcut be? Because I think a lot of us who rarely bake, we find ourselves in that oh man,
0: butter is stuck yeah, hard yeah, yeah. situation. Yeah, that's um, I'm pretty good at remembering to leave it out because I've done it enough times mm-hmm. where I have the hard butter, but you can soften it in the microwave, but that's a dangerous game. <laughs> I
2: know. That's the thing. I was <laughs> hoping you had a different, because that's a, you know, if, if, if turn your head for half a second, you're like, oh, Now no. it's
0: melted butter. Yep. Right. Yep. I do it for 15 seconds at 50% power, and I do that maybe twice, and that's all mm. you need.
2: Okay. I'm, I don't think I'm brave enough to do it. <laughs>
0: But <laughs> what, what what happened to the um the butter tarts?
2: Have you found a recipe? Did you make those?
0: Um, I do have a recipe. Wagoneer Shanna sent me a recipe that is traditional to her f- um her family, um butter tarts or butter canucks, and it's her grandma's recipe, and so. The only wrinkle in the fly in this ointment is that I have to send them to Rhode Island. So I thought maybe I would wait until the summer is over so I'm not oh, right, sending them yeah. in the heat. Once it gets yeah. uh, cooler, then I, I'll feel better about them getting there not disgusting.
2: Right. I, my only huge regret about Emily getting a brain tumor and having surgery, she had it too close to the summer. So most of the treats that, that were sent were not... <laughs> We're not optimal. So yeah, next time she yeah. gets a brain tumor, I'm going to urge her to wait until December or January <laughs> to get the surgery so that I can get better treats through the mail.
0: Cause that's Yeah, what's that important. seems smart. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Priorities. Right. That, you know, that tumor
2: is, it's not going anywhere. Just back off for a couple months. Um, I, I'd have a Kyle story. Uh, Emily's been gone this week. She is on vacation in LA with. Cullen, and this is a trip that's, was supposed to happen last year when Emily got sick and it got postponed because of that. And then was supposed to happen around Christmas, but that fell through. And then I think Emily booked, uh, a trip to Las Vegas right after Cullen turned 21, but it turned out she booked, um, the week not of his spring break. So that got canceled. So finally she's cashing in all these hotel and airline things for a vacation in in LA and they've been gone since she's been gone since Monday they flew out of Dallas on Tuesday and they're coming back probably Monday or Tuesday of, of this coming week and so that means I've been on my own for food which I, I you know I often cook uh, not as much since my foot's been busted but when Emily's out of town for a significant amount of time it is time to uh, it's like If you, if you're familiar with the island of lost toys in, in the, (laughs) yes, in the Christmas special, um, the pantry and the kitchen, I just deem it, it's the island of lost groceries. And it's time for me to clean up all the grocery mistakes that have been made. (laughs) You know, all the canned goods that bought, that were bought that were the wrong thing, all of the, the stuff that was bought that was gluten free and everyone hates that. So. I got to eat it while she's gone, you know, like I'll clean, I'm going to clean up all kinds of grocery mistakes, including like stuff from the legacy of Emerson being here, like single serve, you know, blended yogurts, um, Mm -hmm. applesauces, things like that, you know, anything that's about to expire, I got to shove it in my face because I'm cheap like that. And it makes the, it makes it kind of a fun challenge when she's gone is like, what kind of bullshit am I going to be eating today? Because if I bought the wrong thing two months so ago. So this is like
1: top chef <laughs> old pantry edition.
2: Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't work out. Honestly, there was some, uh, there were some chicken breasts like pre seasoned, like frozen, um, in some brine chicken breasts that she just looked at when I brought them home and no, never eating those. <laughs> so I tried to crockpot those and it didn't work out. I don't know if they were too long in the freezer or something, but yeah, that one was a total dump out, which sucked because I think those cost me. I think the, the price tag was still on there and I think they sent me back like three forty nine or three sixty nine. Oh my so, God. So that, that was heartbreaking. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's Kyle this week. Um, yeah, I have a few more days. I have a few more situations to get cleaned up in there, but I think I can do it. It's, I've opened up a lot of space, especially in the fridge. That's good. Feels good.
1: When you were saying that, I thought you were going to tell me that you were throwing things out. Like you were cleaning oh, no, out no, the no. fridge and no. cleaning out the cabinets. <laughs> You're just throwing it all down your gullet.
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to. I mean, sometimes sometimes the gullet just says, no, No. not that. There's a reason we're not eating that. <laughs> so uh, we have some donors this week. More donors. Wow. Um, Bob Stein, one of our favorite people, one of our favorite guests. Not only writes really kind emails, but he also has gotten us out of a couple of future jams. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ingrid Keller, who, uh, is lives in Fort Worth near Meredith. Is she coming to the? Yes, meet she up is. On Friday? Yep. Awesome. And I met
1: her, um, a few months ago when we all went to see David Sedaris.
2: All right. I remember that. All right. Uh, looking forward to seeing her and thank you for the donation, Ingrid. We really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Um, do we have a jam tracker update?
0: We do have a jam tracker update. Um, I made a jam tracker uh, sounder that I'm going to put in. <laughs> oh, awesome. In post. And I watched one YouTube video and then made this thing. So it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I hope it doesn't go like Dreamcatcher. Jam tracker. <laughs> oh my God. That is jam so much better than what I did.
1: <laughs> we can make this happen. <laughs>
0: jam. Uh, As far as the Jam Tracker goes, uh, with this week's donations, we are up to uh, a cumulative 26 jams that we can get out of, which is four and a third jams per person.
2: Mm. Well, Bobby's coming to town, so put us down for about three jams. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay. I'll put that in the jam budget.
2: Yeah, yeah let's budget that one up. I mean <laughs> we might come in under, but I don't wanna I don't wanna go over. So
1: now Bobby came right. he flew into DFW yesterday and he and Duff and I all went to lunch and Bobby wanted to go to In N Out since we're in Texas and he doesn't have In N Out there in Rhode Island. And I rarely go inside of the In N Out, and this mm-hmm. time we did, and I realized that they have merchandise there. Yeah. and one of the items is In N Out socks. And Bobby and I both looked at those socks and we were like, I wonder if this counts as a jam.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's no real parameters. We we haven't really, you know, laid it all out there. I guess that's the next step. Yeah, we should
1: put it to a vote.
2: What constitutes a a jam? Like if I really want something. Is that a jam? (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We need socks. (laughs) Yeah. Boy,
2: I really want to make my car payment this month. (laughs) Seems like kind of a jam. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, I, I wish people could see the logo. We need to put the the logo your brother made up. Yeah, sure. Um, on this, uh, show post. Sure. It's one of my favorite things. So, uh, I guess we're ready for the week in review. Um, this was kind of on Monday, at least a day of review of the previous week of TBTL, which we've already reviewed. So it's getting weird. Um, Meredith, you had a few notes, though.
1: Monday is 2185 Peebo Bryhole. Sounds painful. It does sound terrible. <laughs> Passing
2: a pee through. Oh, anyway.
1: <laughs> Yikes. Uh, of course, the big news is that Luke is back on the microphone. He's back from his two weeks' staycation. And all anybody really wants to hear about is Olive the kitten, of course. If you've been on Facebook at all, you've seen pictures of her. She's adorable. Um, she is on brand, she's smart and they let her sleep in the bed the first night, which I think is a dangerous precedent to set. (laughs) Um, I never, I used to let my cat sleep in the bed with me. And then when, when Duff and I, uh, got married, he was like, you, this is why you sleep so badly. Like, you don't have any problems with sleep. You have cats. You have to keep them out of your room. (laughs) It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're probably right. It took me a long time to be okay with that because it makes me sad. I like to have them sleeping on the bed. But they walk on my face and they bite my (laughs) ears and eyelids. And, you know, it's not good for sleeping. So you don't really want to get them used to that if that's not going to be the long-term plan. So he also says he's going to let her be an indoor-outdoor cat. And that makes me a little bit nervous. But, you know, it's his cat. You can do what he wants. Um Mm -hmm.
2: Mm, he's building a fence. Is that fence going to hold that cat?
1: Maybe. Maybe. I mean, cats have claws. They can climb up wood. Yeah. So mm. you just have to be prepared for the consequences of that. But I know a lot of people do it. Um I thought this
0: cat thing happened pretty fast because didn't he just bring it up the week before he went on vacation? Mm-hmm. That they were having preliminary discussions about a cat? Well, it sounds like he was having preliminary discussions. It sounds like <laughs> Carrie had made up her mind.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so that trip to that a- trip to go look at cats or dogs or bunnies or whatever. I mean, forget about it. I mean, it, we, we sometimes go uh, walk dogs at the uh, shelter. Um, and every time I go to the shelter, I just want to get one of those Costco flats and just... <laughs> <laughs> Say, I'll take this dog and that dog and yep. those two dogs and maybe that cat and maybe a bunny. But, I mean, I just, I just want them all.
1: I know. It's a dangerous game. Yeah. You can't You're can't. you lucky if you
2: only come back with one.
1: Right. Yep. But I'm happy to hear that she and Rudy are tentative friends and mm-hmm. that they have posted some very adorable pictures of the two of them together. Yeah. Um. Top story of the day is that Michael Caine changed his name to Michael Caine because of terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> The terrorists have truly won. Um, I just thought it was interesting that his, his birth name was Maurice Johnson Micklewhite. I'd never heard that before.
2: That's pretty – I like that name. That sounds like an NBA player.
0: Yeah. Yeah, why didn't he keep it? It's good.
2: Sounds like a high flyer, you know, some six nine guy who blocks a bunch of shots. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and
1: he's, what, 83 years old, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Get him a
2: chair, for God's sake.
1: Yeah, they're saying uh, that he shouldn't have to wait in line And I don't think it's, I don't think they're saying that because he's famous. I think they're saying that because he's a senior citizen.
2: (laughs) Right. Because you wouldn't want your mom waiting in line. You know, she's 83. Get her in a chair and get her around there.
0: Andrew was so hot under the collar. I know that the Washington Post says that Michael Caine shouldn't have to wait in line. Well, just because they're a celebrity, they should not get any special treatment. No, it's because he's a grandpa. Yeah. (laughs) And they do have special rules for grandpas.
1: I'm not quite there yet, so I haven't figured that out. But I think they they have special exceptions, don't they?
2: Oh yeah, and I and I and I'm sure I don't even have a problem with certain celebrities getting exemption, like Michael Caine. Sure, yeah, mm-hmm. he can go around. I saw Michael Caine. That's a cool story. <laughs> Michael Caine cut in front of me.
0: Sure, and I think it has the potential to cause a lot of disruption in the TSA line. If somebody famous is standing there with everybody else.
2: standing there, right. But
0: imagine if Michael
1: Caine really did have a bomb on him, and then he went through security, just brushed him through because he's Michael Caine, and then Michael Caine blows up an airplane.
2: Sure. He was only supposed to blow the bloody doors off.
1: Right, exactly. (laughs) She was only 16 years old.
2: Is that from that Blame It On Rio movie from a million years
1: ago? I have no idea.
2: I need to look that up. It's been killing me.
1: Next in the list, Alec Baldwin bought a painting that's probably a fake or a replica, and everyone's trying to swindle him out of it. Um, the only good thing I think that came out of this story, or good I guess maybe in question, is the line that he wrote to the art dealer that she was an armadillo who's been blasting her way out of corners like this on more than one occasion. <laughs> and this leads to Andrew using the term armadillo in a several strange ways throughout the whole rest of the episode and throughout the week yeah
2: is is the imagery supposed to call up an armadillo that was armed
1: i don't know i imagine them like rolling up into a ball and then shooting out but that might be from a video game or something
2: (laughs) right (laughs) right i mean armadillo yeah an armadillo in a corner in a defensive posture that's it's pretty hard to beat but how does the armadillo come blasting out that's (laughs) that's the part that i'm not getting same (laughs) it just sort of would roll out like you know, it was going candle pin bowling or something.
1: Yeah. Do we have any commentary on this painting story other than the armadillo?
0: Sure. Seems like it's a fake. Yeah. Hmm.
2: That's all I I, mean got.
0: That I, I I did enjoy that Alec Baldwin, one of the reasons he knew that it was not the painting that he wanted was because it, quote, smelled new. <laughs> which I guess is a thing about yeah, art. You I don't can't know.
2: disguise that. <laughs> sure. If it If it was painted yesterday, you're going to smell it.
0: I just don't understand how people thought that they could get away with this. I mean, he carries a picture of this thing around in his (laughs) pocket, for God's sakes. It's a fairly well-known piece. There are images of it all over the internet, I would assume. I mean, it's not like he's going to look at it and be like, eh, close enough. And why would they try to swindle someone as famous as him? Why
1: not just swindle some other random nobody?
2: Yeah, someone without a platform.
1: It's going to become a
0: story. Yeah. Don't try to swindle someone with a podcast, right? Yeah.
1: We'll, we'll
2: murder you. We'll bury you. (laughs) So, uh, this, it put me in mind of a story that Emily told me we have, um, we have this big print that goes up in the office, uh, when we're done finally unpacking and it's a, it's a beautiful big print and she bought it from a coffee shop because a lot of local coffee shops here put up local artists and then you, if you like it, you give them a call and you just... You buy it off the wall, and I think she eventually called on this piece of art, and it had been taken down it was back at the artist's place, so she went over there to get it and buy it and It was like some something north of four hundred dollars for this piece of art and The artist's girlfriend, I think, was there and and she said something like, "Oh, you like this? Oh, he can make another one of those in like ten minutes just if you want another one <laughs> <laughs> and that just made her not feel as good about. You know, shelling out the money is like, oh, well, I guess he's going to make 45 of these today. God (laughs) damn it.
0: Well, it's 50 bucks for the painting and 350 for the genius.
2: Yeah. Throw throw my caricature up there, too, please. (laughs) Leave the crutches out.
1: And then the only other thing I have for Monday is that Song of the Summer next round was announced, which is Justin Timberlake, Lizzo, and Joseph. I approve of two. And Taco Cat. And Taco Cat.
2: Yeah, there has to be four. Uh Any opinions on these?
1: I love the Lizzo song.
0: I do too.
2: I'm just glad JT like won. He deserved it.
0: <laughs> He's your man.
2: He's a little He's, rascal. Well, you know, finally things are going his way. I mean, I'm <laughs> just happy for, for the kid. He's kids. up and
0: coming. I yeah. like that song. It's not a complicated song. It doesn't have a... um interesting message but isn't
2: about something like not being able to stop the grooving or something
0: yeah just dance just dance wait that's a lady gaga song but i think the principle (laughs) is the same
2: yeah there's just no stopping whatever it is that he's singing about
0: it's pretty unoffensive yeah yeah all right
2: uh i guess we'll move on to tuesday 2186 the triple p ranch (laughs) which we'll find (laughs) out later what that means uh the bay kitty gets her nickname finally olive becomes the Bay Kitty and I think she's going to be more of a reliable companion for Luke as long as he stays in a sunny room.
1: Yeah. It sounds like Mm -hmm. she's been there every time he's recorded that week.
2: Yeah. You know, and he won't have to do the squirrel noises that make Andrew so (laughs) angry. Uh, Luke makes Andrew uncomfortable again, as he talks about podcasting nude or nearly nude. Um, He does say that he's growing a nice, beard, at least a, a good beard for him, which I guess is some kind of beard that you could feel if you were making out with him. He described he it described as a five
1: o'clock shadow and a
0: smile.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was wearing, five yep. o'clock shadow and a smile.
0: Is so it my imagination or is he getting more aggressive with these remarks?
2: I think it's a ramping up that he has to do to keep keep Andrew at the same level of anxiety. Yep. <laughs> You know, about some camera coming on, you know, like we use Zencaster, so there's no camera, but it's like we were on, on uh Google Hangout and then someone left their camera on and decided that they were going to do the podcast in just a beard and a smile.
1: Well, half the time, Jeremy happens to be in the background without a oh, shirt God. on.
2: Yes. That's one reason not to ever enable any cameras. It's <laughs> yes, that guy's always lurking with no shirt. Yep. It's not a great look either, Jer. Not a great look. Um, the, the beard talk reminded me of the mustache contest, which mm-hmm. happened, uh, back l- late radio, early podcast days. It was, a, it was leading up to the second book club, which I think was the Watchman. And I didn't participate in it because I either already had a mustache or I generally don't participate in stuff like that. Like you guys are doing the 100 push up challenge, which makes me never want to do it <laughs> because I just don't join things. So I wasn't a part of the mustache challenge, but it was, it was fun to see everyone's mustaches and Luke's was truly disturbing. (laughs) I think he did a little trimming right before the, the book club, uh, in order to make it look full on mater D slash child molester. Uh, and, and, and he brought the house down, I think just by, just by someone saying, I like your mustache, you know, um, do you think you're going to win the contest? And he goes, he goes, there was a mustache contest. <laughs> <laughs> like he was just growing that thing on purpose. Wow. I think there are pictures somewhere of that thing. He was in his, you know, his carnival barker suit, the, the too tight, um, whatever those things are. Seersucker oh, right, suits. Yeah. yeah. Comes with a straw hat, you know, and he had that, that, Disturbing mustache. I don't think Emily really looked at him full on that night.
1: So he looked like a revival preacher or something?
2: It was... uh it, He looked like someone who you should never trust <laughs> for any reason. Do not buy what he's selling. So...
0: Um One November, we did a thing at my work, and I say we, but it was the guys who, you know, they have that, what's it, Movember or something, mm-hmm, where the men are all mm-hmm. supposed to grow mustaches, but they all grew beards, and then uh we voted on how they should have to shave them. Like, one of our admins put together a, a whole ballot that had different, um like, cartoon drawings of different mm-hmm. uh, facial hair options, and everybody voted, and they had names like the cop stash and the Amish – And was there a Klingon one? There was some Star Trek reference one. That was actually pretty fun.
2: Well, if you can really grow a thunderous thick beard, I don't really, I can't really do it, but you can totally, when it's time to take it down, you can do some comical things with it (laughs) if you want, you know, Uh, the only thing that I've ever done like that is not with my beard, but with my uh, head when I had, you know, I let my hair grow out pretty long and I actually have a full head of terrible hair. And I'll shave the male pattern baldness into it and then just do a Terry Bradshaw impression into the mirror for a couple minutes. It's very entertaining to me. And then I take the rest of it off because it looks terrible. Uh, Dandruff is winter's dust. I wondered if if there was an apostrophe in that, like individual winter's dust or in general it's winter's dust. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. That's a good question. Hmm. Um, Luke would jump into a corporate breach for $1,400. I think he noticed when he was moving some money around, there was some lag in some account. And his first thought, of course, because he's Luke and he did all these kind of shenanigans when he was in college, uh, wanted to go grab the $1,400 that should have been transferred already that he'd already grabbed somewhere else.
0: I don't understand how he thinks that's going to work. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I like, know. they'll come to him and say, what's, what happened? And he'll be like, I don't know. What, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. You're like, left with like a gonna second
2: grader type denial, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, I just saw $1,400 in this account and I grabbed it. Well, Mm-mm. didn't you just move $1,400 over here and then grab it over there? So like, you really had that already $1,400 in mind. Like, this shouldn't have been like a surprising amount and shouldn't have been <laughs> a surprising thing. Oh, uh, yeah, uh-huh. but it was there and I just grabbed it.
0: Especially since, you know, he had a balance of about $14 in his checking account right. at any given time. It's not um, like, oh, wait, there was an extra 1400
2: Huh. <laughs> right. There's, there's never much in that account. I don't know where he keeps all his money, but it, it doesn't seem to be available to him <laughs> very often. Um, and Andrew nails it. He says, like, yeah, that kind of stealing doesn't feel bad. Uh, because you're stealing from a a bank or an institution. And I can say that from experience, I never would have taken money from my friends. I never would have robbed actual like people on the street. You know, it was bad enough that I terrified bank tellers, but definitely it was a feeling of, you know, I'm just getting money for what I need and I'm not hurting anyone financially. Right.
0: So like home burglaries out of the. Yeah, that's, just, that's
2: pretty, that's just mean. You know, that's mm-hmm. just, you're taking some kids Nintendo or something. I don't want to <laughs> do that. No, I don't want to do that. I just want to, um, just take some money and, uh, have the government insure it. And when the time comes, I'll pay it back. Just a loan. That's the way.
0: Right. Right. Sure.
2: <laughs> the way I looked at it. Um, breaking news. They use the breaking news sound. Carrie texts Luke and says he isn't fawning enough over, <laughs> the cat that she listened to yesterday's show because she, I think she was very interested in, in, in to see how Olive was introduced to the TBTL family. Mm-hmm. And I think she has a little bit of a point because I think Luke really wanted a dog a lot more than he wanted a cat, but yeah. I don't think he undersold it.
1: No, and he said he wanted to be careful not to fawn over her too much and be annoying.
2: Because mm-hmm. and- we're allowed to do that with dogs, but not with cats.
0: Exactly. Because cats don't give a shit. Dogs at least appreciate it.
2: <laughs> That's right. And Rudy did have he, some good deadpan looks at the camera when the cat was yeah. <laughs> fucking with her.
0: And he's been sort of ambivalent about cats for a long time. He talked about it, I think, a little bit on Monday, and he's talked about it at, at greater length in the past about uh being afraid mm-hmm. of cats and not having a great relationship with Pagoda. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame him for being a little lukewarm on the cat. Yeah, but think, it sounds but, like he's turned around.
2: Yeah. I mean, he he didn't seem like he was anti-cat. I think he was just anti-someone else's cat who's brought into the relationship that probably was one of those cats that acts perfectly fine 99% of the time and then attacks your hand or runs around the room and then tries to <laughs> jump on your head, you know? <laughs> when the other person isn't looking. <laughs> I think that's the Pagoda <laughs> model. Because yeah. Pagoda seemed pretty subdued most of the time, but I think she had some episodes. Mm-hmm doesn't terrify me but um i know some people are not into that aspect of the cats the uh top story um woman dives for the gold uh and and gets all the stuff that the track will do to you when you dive
0: yeah that looked painful
2: <laughs> to win the gold i haven't seen um any olympics but this this story kind of got to me because i once had uh, a really terrible strawberry. We were playing um softball like all day out at some field near uh, Juanita when I was, I think I was a senior in high school. It was after my senior year. And we're playing all day. And like at the last minute uh, before we were wrapping up, I was an outfielder and I slid on my knee on some really dry grass to catch a ball before, you know, because I had to pop up before I hit the fence. So I, I went into a slide, caught the ball, popped up, and I had this enormous strawberry on my uh, right, in front of my right knee, on on the front of my calf. My shin is, and it was like at least three or four inches wide at the top, and then it tapered down to just uh, an inch and a half or so at the bottom. But it was just red and raw and gross. So... Oh, we were going to the Mariners game that night, my girlfriend and I, and I went home and I showered and I, um, put on some jeans, uh, because it wasn't that hot that night. So I put on some jeans and then when the game was over and we got home and I was going to take my jeans off, uh, my skin had started to oh no, <gasps> grab onto my jeans Ugh. as it was trying to heal because <laughs> that's what skin does <laughs> and it goes, okay. What is this? All right. We're pulling this on, you know, to cover this shit. And, uh, probably the worst, the worst taking off my pants experience. <laughs> Usually taking off your pants is a good time. You know, at the very least you're going to bed or putting on your tonight shorts or something. At very good times, you're going to have some sex or something, but this was the worst. Uh, I never want to take off my pants like that again. So. Uh, That's my strawberry story. anybody else get a get a real bad one?
0: No. Mm -mm. (laughs) You got to play a lot of sports to have a lot of opportunities.
2: Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, when you're a kid, uh, a lot of rug burns. Like we used to, you know, uh, like slide down the stairs. All the time and get covered in fucking rug burns.
1: The worst of my sports related injuries were either from slip and slides with rocks underneath.
2: Oh, uh, oh.
1: Or <laughs> unrelated to strawberries. But my brother was really into hockey and he used to use me as a goalie mm-hmm. against the uh, garage door. And he would yeah. whip uh, street hockey balls at me. Mm. It's a lot
2: of welts there. Yes.
1: A lot of welts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, my brother, five years older than me, that, similar thing in the garage. We'd tape off a goal. I'd, I'd be very poorly protected by a few pads, and uh, he would commence. I don't even think he was trying to score. I think he was trying to hit me.
1: Yeah, of course. Aww. Uh
2: But we're best friends now. Um, <laughs> masculinity in commercials is a is disgust. Uh, and I sort of agree with them that unless you're James Bond – the up glass is sort of a badge of the unmasculine. Um, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think they should be keep shaming these guys, you know, drink whatever you want to drink. And certainly Ray Liotta, Leota is not going to influence anything I'm going to drink because do I want to look like that guy? <laughs> Jesus, not Christ. anymore. He's, he's a scary dude. Yeah, he is. Uh, but I see why they use him.
0: He has real pretty blue eyes. He does. You could do worse.
2: And Goodfellas was amazing.
1: He's got a scary, <laughs> scary face, though. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, Luke had a good beer at the Bellingham Bells game. <laughs> um, I have a problem. I've always had a problem with this minor league team. Why? Because just the bells. I mean, I know they mean like... Like bells you would ring, but it always puts me, you know, it makes me think that there's going to be a bunch of ladies with parasols out there.
1: <laughs> oh, like B E L L E S. Oh.
2: Yeah. Like a lady in center field, you know, I do declare that's a high pop up.
1: <laughs> They're the bells of the baseballs.
2: <laughs> Turn over your parasol and catch it. I mean, and whip it in.
0: What's that's the what worst sports team name?
2: Uh, the Utah Jazz. I really? I think it's the worst.
0: That's pretty bad.
2: Yeah. Cause it's, it's a, <laughs> it's a name that was for one city. There's only one True. city it would work in. And like, like Seattle Sonics, you know, Seattle Supersonics, at least Oklahoma City goes, yeah. I mean, we're the birthplace of Sonic Burgers, but, uh, we don't really make the jets, the, the supersonic jets here. So they changed it, which is fine. When you move from New Orleans to Utah, it's all right to lose the jazz.
0: Yeah. Are you criticizing the Utah jazz scene? <laughs> no, I, I know little.
2: I know little about the Utah jazz scene. I'm the sure Mormons it's are lively. a
0: soulful people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of jazz appreciation among the demographic. In are they allowed sex. to appreciate jazz? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Secret clubs. Yeah. Probably. Um, Pooping right on schedule talk. Uh, someone emails about um, they have a private hoop palace i think it was at work and that be- became the triple p ranch
1: i think it was on a cruise ship
2: oh it was on a cruise it was ship. on a
1: disney cruise ship mm-hmm.
2: oh yeah that would be and, a that would be a score because you they're stuffing so much food down your throat you just gotta have some refuge
1: yeah and so she was off schedule and her husband was waking up about the time she had to go and in those tiny little cruise ship rooms you don't really want to oh no assault your spouse with that if you can that, avoid that's it. That's
2: prison rules. You, 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 gotta wait till someone pops the doors and somebody's gotta do it, do their business somewhere else.
0: Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. I don't know about you guys and I don't consider myself a delicate flower, but I feel like I'm reaching my poop talk threshold. Right. Okay. <laughs> we'll knock it off. I don't know.
1: No, not here. You mean oh. just cumulatively <laughs> listening to TVTL?
0: <laughs> I mean, None of us would be listening to TVTL if we couldn't handle a, a poop story or sure. twelve. Yeah, yeah. But man, I'm just like. Blah. So I
2: guess I guess Anne doesn't want to hear my my uh discussion of the fine points of differentiation between the upper deck and the dry dock.
0: <laughs> Please go
2: ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, if someone in I'm, the chat wants to, wants to, just DM me. I'll, I'll let you know <laughs> the difference in case you want to. Uh, prank somebody at a hotel sometime. Ugh. Um, If your private poop palace is in Pike Place Market, is that the 5P (laughs) ranch? Is that the ideal? Yeah. Can you imagine finding a private poop palace at Pike Place?
1: No. That place is disgusting.
2: That would be great if you found a decent bathroom somewhere that no one knew about. Yeah, the bathrooms there are deplorable. You have to... Basically, you'd have to make a decision to go to a restaurant and spend seventy to eighty dollars on dinner so that you can use a decent restroom, because you don't <laughs> want to use the one you'd have to wander into.
0: Nope. Are they like on a on par with a porta potty?
2: Ugh. Well, at least we know the porta potty gets cleaned once in a while mm-hmm. not because someone's written a note in there. You know, there's at least there's been a date written. Mm. Yeah, not a fan of the Pike Place, and and there's so much walking around and elevation change that it's. It's a it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all the poop talk I have. Like I said, uh, DM me for the dry dock upper deck thing. BM uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. God. Yeah. Brides made me for the information. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Let's go to Wednesday. 2187, Blue Doymond. And uh, Luke begins the show eating nice brand almonds. And he says he forgot to check if they're low carb. Which...
2: Oh my god. I thought he was kidding. Yeah. I thought he was, I did I thought too. This was a joke.
1: <laughs> Unless they were coated in sugar. Mm-hmm.
2: The only problem with these almonds is they came from Walgreens, because nice brand is the Walgreens. Mm-hmm. House brand.
0: <laughs> yeah, so they go into almond talk for a while and apparently uh, they had almond, little almond packs as school snacks, and that takes them into other school snacks, including, I think, putting cups, which leads to putting pops, and into frozen treat rankings, which is a foreshadowing for Friday's show. And they end up talking about um, their different frozen treats and ice cream trucks and sort of the whole act of having ice cream as a kid.
2: You're a suburban. You're both suburban kids. you have a lot of experience with the ice cream trucks?
1: We had a little bit. Um, I heard a story one time that I think is about the cruelest parent trick I've ever heard of in my entire life, which is uh, some parent told their child that when the ice cream truck was playing a song, it meant they were out of ice cream. <laughs> oh, isn't that mean <laughs> uh,
2: maybe it's just the neighborhoods I've, I've uh, been living in maybe I'm coming down a little bit but uh, ice cream trucks didn't used to be disgusting little minivans with rusty shit peeling off <laughs> and really badly warbled music playing not out of a speaker but like out of the van itself I'm I'm still down with their being ice cream trucks, but I think at least in Texas there's there's not enough regulation. I mean, these things are ramshackle. I mean, and let's let's face it, it's they're run by rapists because these guys are Mm -hmm. Mexican. (laughs) Oh, that's true. So they're going to rape your kids. Yeah.
1: You know, since I've moved here, I'm not sure I've seen an ice cream truck as I would recognize it. But what we do have here are the guys who walk around with those carts that have bells on them. Mm -hmm. Those are all over the place.
2: Those guys, I just want to buy their whole thing and send them home, you know, because it's usually like a hundred <laughs> so and ten. They're, they're like beat down. Yeah. Like I, I feel bad about even transacting business with you because it means you're out in the sun for one more minute.
0: Yeah, but every time you buy something, they get to open the freezer case, and get a little a blast of cold air.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That makes whatever they're using that dry ice has just got to be amazing if they're keeping the treats cold, because considering where these guys are standing.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that seems like kind of a less than pleasant thing, but food trucks are big. You would think that the ice cream trucks would be on the upswing. I know they're the original food truck.
2: Well, yeah. yeah. Well, there's lots of fancy ice cream places. Like there's one in a food truck court in Austin that just makes ice cream sandwiches, but it's not driving the neighborhood. And Is it- also. The kid would have to have at least $9 plus just yes. to get one of these sandwiches. <laughs> is
1: it cool house? Because there's a cool house down here it where they build, be. it's like architecturally sound ice cream sandwiches that are <laughs> sure. shaped like houses <laughs> sure. and you can chew it's like always salted caramel this and you know, it's
0: never vanilla mm-hmm. and chocolate. And Yeah. So when you say structurally sound, does that mean that when you bite them, the ice cream doesn't squish out? Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh. Because they're, they are one sandwiches level then there's ice cream in the middle that's on an angle and then the top sandwich is at an, at a like a 45 degree angle so you can choose your your uh, side and it you can hold the other side closed so it won't leak out
0: mm. sounds like a taco i'll send you a picture okay i mean i guess a picture will do
1: <laughs> i'll send you <laughs> to have the right. product. i'll send yeah. you an ice cream sandwich in the mail
0: <laughs> i haven't seen a truck driving around forever, an ice cream truck. I I have vague memories um, of being a kid and living in England, and they have a whole um, series of trucks, a company called Mr. Whippy, that's a soft serve cone place. Mm. So I remember that, but I don't have any remembrance of seeing any ice cream trucks in the States.
2: Well, I think we're at a point now where kids don't really play outside in groups. True. So I just don't think there's much market for it.
1: Yeah, I chose my neighborhood specifically because I didn't see any swing sets. So, yeah. I, you know, it's mostly senior citizens and me, and, and that's how I like it. They're not going to come around here.
2: No. No, if, yeah, they, that's a if, good they, point. if that van was pulling down your street, the van that I described, man, n- next door Dallas or whatever you're in oh, would be boy. all over the.
1: <laughs> I'd be getting urgent <laughs> update alerts nonstop. If
2: it's even slowed down as a kid approached <laughs> to purchase something, man, the SWAT team would be assembling.
0: Yep. Amber alert. Right. Yep. <laughs> Just preemptive Amber alert. <laughs> sure. All right. So in terms of frozen treats, they touch on popsicles, Andrew's favorite, and specifically root beer ones. Uh, although he also brings up uh, blueberry and the abomination that is banana. That sounds disgusting. Yep. And he likes creamsicles, which I can get down with. Can I say
2: something about the banana popsicle? Yeah. Um. I I don't really hate the artificial banana flavor candy or whatever I can tolerate it, but that banana popsicle always has some kind of a goo that doesn't exist on the other popsicles.
1: Oh, I know what you mean, like a weird slime. Yes, as it melts, mm. it's too thick. <laughs> right. It's not that's, melted popsicle.
2: That's yet. where I'm out on the banana popsicle. If it just <laughs> looked and acted like the rest of the popsicles, I could tolerate it. But don't give me that
0: goo. Ew. <laughs> Uh, Luke can get down with a Nestle Crunch bar and Andrew brings up drumsticks and the little, like the plug of mm-hmm. chocolate they had down in the bottom of the cone. That is an excellent point, Andrew. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, ice cream sandwiches. Moving on to picnic news. Jen and Sean are coming to the picnic, which is great. Did, uh, was Jen there last year or did she just Skype in or something? No, she was there last she year. She was, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm, I was surprised. There's so much surprise, I guess, that she would be there because I don't know how many she's actually missed. Um, and then since she was just at Christy and Jeremy's wedding, I was like, of course she's going to the picnic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's all in. It's going to be fun.
0: Mm -hmm. There is some suit talk. Andrew is concerned. He doesn't want Luke to wear a suit to the picnic. Because he feels that this then obligates him to dress up <laughs> and he he doesn't want to wear a suit. He feels like the suit is overkill yeah. for a picnic. I mean, picnics are t-shirts and cargo shorts or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think
2: if you're the host, you know, you just step up a little bit to like a collared shirt, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> and maybe maybe some slacks. You don't even need to wear any socks if yeah. you don't want to. I, I just think – um yeah you should just be one tiny step above every other slob showing up, you Andrew know? was
1: trying mm-hmm. so hard to be diplomatic, but it was so clear he
0: did not want to wear a
1: suit right
0: yes, yes, and Luke came around pretty quickly, yeah. I thought he was he was kind of questioning it at first, but then when Andrew explained, he was like oh okay i i can I can deal with that, so they won't be sitting like Two southern gentlemen on the porch in their rocking chairs, <laughs> dressed up in their suits. Top story today is that the nightly show with Larry Wilmore has been canceled because it doesn't quote resonate with audiences, which Andrew says, well, they're just trying not to say that the ratings were awful. And uh, they generally agree that this was a shame. They liked it. They didn't watch it, but they liked it. <laughs> and they think that it's important to have that minority voice and they hope that uh, other minority voices will fill the gap and they discuss whether they feel bad because of of white guilt did they did they want it to succeed because it was a good show or or because they were they had white guilt over it you can be and both I, think, I mean i'm the yeah yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah please be good but if you're not good you know i hope you still do all right cuz i you know would hate to have another you know minority show just flushed because totally biased i mean it seemed like that was going to take off and then just crash so hard
1: i did listen i did watch the nightly show i didn't watch it um in a way that would help their ratings probably because i dvr'd it and watched it later but i did like that show it was an interesting perspective and something that's sorely missing um in late night tv so i am bummed that it's going away
0: yeah, I, I didn't watch it other than what you see on the internet because I don't have cable. But, um, I always thought that there was a little bit more, um, discussion on that show. More yeah. discussion, less jokes.
1: Yeah. And I appreciated that they had so many women on. That was another yeah. aspect of it.
0: There's actually some substance to that show. Yeah. I didn't know about
2: the women. I'm out. Then. I-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cancel it. Well, if they wore really, really short skirts? Mm, Maybe. Maybe? All right. Um, They agree that Comedy Central really screwed the pooch on their programming decisions, the whole Daily Show uh, transition. Why didn't they give it to Samantha Bee? Why didn't they give it to Larry Wilmore? Why in God's name did they pick Trevor Noah? And I want to know what Andrew has against Trevor Noah, other than that he's young and apparently hasn't paid his dues or
1: He's not He's a little
0: bit bro-y. Or, he's
1: a little bit bro-y. He's not as naturally funny and likable as Jon Stewart, I don't think. Yeah. Because I used to be a religious watcher of the of the Daily Show, and I have totally abandoned it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem to have the virality that it did when Jon Stewart was on. It wasn't. Yeah, and it's not all these websites posting clips every day. Yeah,
1: and I mean. They have a lot of the same writers, so it's not that the quality of the jokes isn't good. It's just, I just don't like Trevor Noah as much. I don't hate him. I don't hate him like Andrew seems to, but it doesn't resonate with me anymore.
0: Well, I think my tiny suspicion is that Andrew also has a little bit of that, uh, I, hate, I hate the pretty people thing Mm -hmm. going on, you know, how he's resentful of the popular kids. I I would guess he has a little bit of that for Trevor Noah, but their mutual dislike for James Corden actually surprised me. (laughs) Andrew's just like, ah, carpool karaoke. I've never watched it, but I don't like it. It's fantastic. It is fantastic. It's so fun.
1: (laughs) And I also love that he was put off by Terry Gross, because who
0: isn't? (laughs) Fresh air. Fresh air. Uh, it just goes to a sort of a recurring theme on TBTL where they see one instance of something or a person or what was the, um, I forget the name of the Aziz Ansari show that they watched like half an episode oh, and and talked. Nine. Yeah. And then talked about all the ways that it fell short of their expectations. This is, they're, they're a very snap judgmenty pair you know, sometimes. No, I
2: just watched that show. I just binge watched the whole thing. Um, and, I can't wait for more of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it had some weak spots. Like, his parents aren't actors, but it's such a good show anyway.
2: It's it's mm-hmm. very much like a, a Seinfeld show. Mm-hmm. Like a, a new take on Seinfeld with cell phones, yep. you know?
0: Right. Yeah, so Andrew saw part of one carpool karaoke and doesn't like it. And Luke listened to one interview on Fresh Air and doesn't like James Corden. So, <laughs> Great. And they get into some some more race talk, and I started to get very uncomfortable because Luke was using a lot of I bet you's in the conversation. He's like, well, I bet you this, I bet you that, I bet you that. And finally, Andrew said that he wanted to see the numbers on ratings and demographics and so forth, forth before they talk about it more fully. And I was like, yes, thank you very much. Let's get some data before mm-hmm. yes. we start making judgments on this stuff.
1: I've noticed this is how most internet comment fights uh, spiral out of control immediately, As people saying, I bet you're also somebody who blah, 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 blah.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
1: They just make these, <laughs> these strange leaps and hate you for things that you probably haven't even done.
0: Well, that's how we move the conversation along. Uh, moving on. Brendan Dassey from Making a Murderer, has uh, his conviction has been vacated and the state has 90 days to file an appeal or he will be set free. Uh, and this has been everywhere, of course, and um, the guys debate whether the judge was influenced by... The media coverage and the documentary and like, no, we, no, probably not. I'm like, of course, of course he was yes. influenced. And who cares? Of course, if course it, if he it was.
2: gets a kid who should be free, free, then however you got to do it. Yeah. Do it. Because I think everyone's takeaway from that show, no matter how you felt about that other guy, was like, oh, this kid, this kid got fucking real. <laughs> oh, angry. he
1: was too stupid to have played any part in anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So judges are people, too. Of course, they're going to be influenced by the media. I I don't know how they would think that. I mean, it's a a lovely idea of this sort of wiser, higher understanding, but I don't think so.
2: But even Ruth Bader Ginsburg just popped off and called Trump a dummy (laughs) recently. So I mean, these are people with feelings that sometimes can't be denied.
0: I love it. She's getting to the point where she's so old, she doesn't give a shit yeah. anymore. Yeah, she was forced to apologize for that, which I really I wish know. she hadn't.
2: It sucked. Hmm.
0: Yeah, what are they going to do to her? Kick her off the court? No. Uh So they rehash a little bit of the Stephen Avery thing. Not too much. And Luke um is n- s- leaning towards guilt. Let's put it that way. And he says that if it wasn't Stephen Avery, then... Who did it, and the documentarians didn't uh present anybody else who is a believable candidate for the culprit and uh, my response is it's a documentary, not journalism. Mm-hmm. They don't have to present other suspects. Mm. It wasn't about solving the crime. it was about miscarriage of justice. Right. so I don't know if he did it. I, I mean whatever I'm just happy the kid is gonna get out of jail
2: if yeah. he did it the way that the prosecutor said he did it, uh he's the most amazing cleanup artist, <laughs> yes. Which he doesn't seem, he doesn't seem the type to be that meticulous. I
0: don't know. Mm. No, just not so. really. <laughs> he can't comb his hair. I doubt he could scrub blood out of every crevice <laughs> of that room. And then also to simultaneously drop the car key in plain sight yeah. while being the master cleanup artist. It yeah. just doesn't quite scan for me. Uh, in our final top story of the day, Gabriel and Sarah Chrisman, the Victorian people from Port Townsend, and uh, that was a very memorable episode when Luke talked to her, they were kicked out of uh, Butcher Gardens in Victoria, British Columbia, because they were in their Victorian getup. And I just took a lot of pleasure that they were in Victoria wearing their Victorian <laughs> clothes and they got kicked out.
1: It's inappropriate somehow.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, it's a 20 year policy of the gardens that they don't allow people in costume in because it can be detrimental to other patrons experience. And I say good on them.
2: Yeah. I, I guess, I guess they have to, you know, they have to go slippery slope when they make their Mm -hmm. rules because, Mm -hmm. you know, it could turn into a real freak show real fast. A furry
1: (laughs) convention at the botanical gardens, (laughs) (laughs) like people
2: reenacting, you know, uh, I don't know, some British dramas. Out on the lawn in their mm-hmm. clothes, they're like no, let's shut this shit down. Everyone's here to have tea and eat a cucumber sandwich. We don't, we don't need all these look at me people wandering around right. the yard.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's private property, yep. so I mean, they're allowed on there at the owner's pleasure. Yep. Even if it's it's a a petty exclusion because it's their quote lifestyle quote choice. Uh, There are worse injustices being perpetrated throughout the world that I don't think we have to get upset about this one.
2: Yeah, this is the ultimate white person problem.
0: Yep. (laughs) And finally, the 100 push-up challenge is going to restart on Monday because Luke got off track and Andrew had the whole wide arms thing going on. So they're going to reset and do it together and... Some people are going to join in but I'm not going to be one of them. So have fun Meredith.
1: I think it's going to be me and Bobby and Christy. That's all I've heard pipe up about it.
2: Mhm. Yeah, Phyllis uh, was silent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said no, I don't participate in stuff. And plus I could never get up off the ground once I'm down there.
0: No, I don't I don't do any extra push-ups. I do enough push-ups in my classes at the gym that I'm just like, nope. I always say that I have the uh, height and weight of a man and the upper body strength of a woman, so I'm not down with push-ups.
2: <laughs> I would say the same for myself, I think. <clears throat> <laughs> My bird-like chest is not, not going to be helping me out.
1: Well, we're starting on Monday, so we'll keep you guys updated on how quickly we fall off.
2: Awesome. Um, Thursday, number 2188, Moxie Nerve Food. There's so much fresca talk at the beginning i think fresca gets more talk on podcasting and radio than than coca cola pepsi uh <laughs> root beer whatever all of it combined because people seem to either not drink fresca or they do drink fresca and they're pretty passionate about it
1: this is like organic viral marketing
2: yeah it's uh i don't i don't get it i've had fresca i cannot drink like diet sodas. I would rather drink one regular soda than a hundred diet sodas. Just space it out over a period of days. Mm-hmm. Cause I can taste that, whatever the fuck that artificial is in whatever food, not always food, it, it hides better sometimes, but drinks. Yeah. Ah, oh, I can taste that you. shit and I hate it. I hate it too.
0: I love it. <laughs> really? See? A lot of people, I don't, do. I, I don't taste it. I don't taste it at all.
2: Yeah.
0: And I say with diet Coke, it's just that it burns any taste away. So <laughs> it's no <laughs> big deal, but I, I, I don't, I don't taste aspartame or any of that stuff.
2: Yeah. People are more passionate, I think about diet Coke as far as like being actually addicted, not, mm-hmm. not like, like physically addicted, but like really, yeah. really heavy drinking habits of the diet Coke more than any other diet drink that I, Hear about anyway. Yeah, it
0: seems to be a point of pride for some people. I think it is physical addiction, and i I drink caffeine free diet coke. Ooh, I'm that person, why? and so it's not th- because I don't want to get caught up in caffeine. You know, if I drank coffee, it would be <laughs> no big deal. But
1: I just yeah. would rather
0: it's a I, gateway I,
2: drug. I, I buy the caffeine free coke. If when when I do buy coke, I try to if they have it, I get the caffeine free coke.
0: Yeah, it's just, I when I was traveling, I was going to Switzerland, I don't know, like eight years ago, and I just thought, I don't want to wake up in the middle of the Alps and be like, I got to get my Diet Coke. So I just stopped drinking caffeine. So it's not the caffeine that's the addictive property. It's the actual, it's whatever is in that brown coloring. Mm -hmm. That's what gets me.
2: Yeah. Um, Speaking of the aftertaste thing, and my Kyle story for today... One item that didn't make it to this the Island of Lost Groceries was, it was a um, cranberry and grape juice. Um, I picked it out of the store because it said, like, it said uh, no added sugar. Um, I, I don't know. There was a lot of language in there that was really selling me because what I end up doing now is I buy... Like a juice, I buy grape juice and I pour half of it in like a Powerade bottle, half full, and then I fill the rest with water and just shake it up and drink it like that because I don't like like full strength juice; it's too much, mm-hmm. too much sugar, it tastes too sweet. So I thought this is the perfect solution. This this product, and it was from a legitimate manufacturer. And I got it home and I poured a tall cold glass of it and I started drinking it and this fucking stevia. <laughs> oh, gross. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to drink it. I'm going to make it work. Right. So I kept it in the fridge and I looked at it for a few days. And then I thought, well, maybe this will make it to the, maybe this will make it to Emily's vacation. But nope. Like two days later, I just poured that shit right down the drain. I couldn't face it. it that taste is terrible. Right. Marin.
1: It sucks. And you have to just read the ingredients every time. I know.
2: I get fucking tricked. It's awful. Gross. Um, Luke immediately, uh, starts thinking in terms of this Fresca is he's got to start hoarding it because he's going (laughs) to run out of it. Like he gets that alcoholic thinking, like I need to have a bottle hidden in every closet or something. Um, I remember when he first got into that Coke Zero. I've told you guys this before. Mm -hmm. And I had nine cases of it left over from an event because we didn't sell it in our stores. And Luke was so happy to get nine cases of Coke Zero. (laughs) (laughs) For me. Wait, how many is in a case? 24. But at the time, he was really guzzling it back. I don't know if he made his way all the way through that. There's no way I would have. But I remember, yeah, I, we, we went to lunch and then we had to go trunk to trunk so I could get nine cases of Coke Zero. <laughs> now, do you have, car.
1: Mike or Anne? do either of you have this sense of fear of scarcity about anything? Because I do. No. And it's about paper products.
2: Hmm. What kind of paper? paper?
1: Uh, toilet paper and paper towels, specifically. Oh. C- cotton balls and Q-tips. Those are the four things, and I have so much of them. I buy them in bulk at uh, Costco, and then I also order them on Amazon and have them delivered <laughs> on subscription every month.
2: I like to have a big box of cotton balls delivered to my house so I can look like I'm really strong.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, what's
2: the, right what
0: did you order this
2: time? <laughs> Let me look, uh, look up through the bottom. Maybe i no, I can't tell what's in there.
0: Well, you don't want to run out of toilet paper. No. I would say that's your, your number one. Yeah. But I don't, I don't have more than a pack. I mean, like a pack of 18 or 24 or whatever they come in. I buy those. And then when they get low, I buy some more. Yeah. yeah but what if you where... run out and you're caught?
1: <laughs> what then? What then? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i can i can see you
2: being obsessed with that kind of thing but i thought originally i thought you were going for like you get some really delicious thing of food and you just think they're never going to make this again that's that's kind of how i gained all that weight when i got out of prison <laughs> is i was started mm. eating all the stuff and i'm like oh man what if they stop making these crispy chicken burritos i better take a couple to go and come back yeah. tomorrow <laughs> it's a weird thing your brain yeah. does it to you
0: yep so meredith have you ever had a shortage that might trigger this need. I mean, I grew up a poor kid, but we weren't that poor. Like we always had that stuff. And but I think
1: it's because I'm responsible for running the household, and I I feel like I have a thousand things to keep track of, hmm. uh-huh. and that's one that is easy to to run out of in my household. Um, so I'd have to. I feel like I'm do always worried about is it. Is
2: Duff is Duff a Jeremy? Is, yes. he, is he a Cullen and an Emily, <laughs> yes. and a, just yes. a way too much toilet paper user? God, <laughs> yes. that makes me mad. You know the you know the sound in the world that makes me the angriest. Is, the roll. <laughs> is, yes, the sound of the person in the room they've just peed or whatever, and they, you can hear them rolling a goddamn fist of toilet paper,
1: rolling and rolling and rolling. <laughs> I know, and I know there's
2: nothing really going on. God damn it, that makes me mad. I'm like, <laughs> You need two squares for that job. I want to yell. money anytime. down the drain. God. And it makes me even worse with my habits because then I've got to go all like dude on the TED Talk, you know, trying to <laughs> keep it down to half a square.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry. to keep it on paper products but take it away from from – toilet business. At my second job, my retail job, one time at Christmas, we did run out of uh, register tape, Mm. you know, that prints Mm. all the receipts and stuff. And ever since then, my boss has had cartons and cartons (laughs) of that stuff laying around the whole year. So see, that's why I'm wondering if there was any catalyst for this need.
1: No, and I mean, you know, if worse comes to worse, we have plenty of Kleenex, like it's not that big of a deal. Sure. So I'm not I am not entirely sure where this comes from.
2: I'm sweating now, I'm pretty mad.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> God, that just it's rolling and rolling and rolling. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's half a roll. Sorry. Uh Canfield's Diet Fudge Soda, who would do That'll it? Sound that sounds so gross. <laughs> <laughs> that every word gets worse. Yes. Uh it's awful. Um I love chocolate, but chocolate flavored
0: things I just yeah. no.
2: They fall flat usually. It's it's something that every company thinks they need to do. It's like, mm-hmm. well we're leaving money on the table if we don't have a chocolate flavored Triscuit. you know. It's like,
1: no, <laughs> this is awful. We can live <laughs> without why, it. Why'd you do it?
2: Uh anyone had lord? No. Hmm. Mm, I know Bobby has. I think Christy has. And they do confirm it's it's awful.
1: It sounds disgusting.
2: Yeah. Um, Mao Tai. Anyone drink that? That's the Chinese grossness
0: nope. that they were talking about. Mm, you gotta be careful with Chinese grossness. <laughs> you never know what's in that stuff. That's true. You, with, there there's the a couple,
1: there's some disgusting liquor, liquor, liquors in my house that Duff really likes. One is called Chinar, um, which is bright red and tastes like poison. It's made out of artichokes. <laughs> oh, artichokes. <it's> so gross. <laughs> So huh. gross. And it was a, I think it's Chinar that was illegal to import for a while. And so he couldn't find it. So he was always fiending for it, but you can get it now here. And so it's his after dinner, you know, eat, drink this so I can eat more.
2: So you get that at specs. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good store if you want to really get some bullshit liquor in your life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It's You'll like a super it. target for booze.
2: Yeah. Um, they have, a, they have a real catchy commercial too. Uh, Moxie. Anyone had that?
0: Nope, never heard of it.
2: Yeah, I think I've heard of it, but I've I've never had it. Yeah, this this seems like a very Jeremy discussion because he likes disgusting drinks of every kind, alcoholic or or not. Uh, at this point, um, Three's Company documentary is mentioned, which I I am meaning to watch because I really want to see what Janet's perspective on the on the whole thing is. <laughs> I, I wonder if it is as bitter. As it's supposed to be. She had to just know that she was on board. I mean, John Ritter, super talented guy. Suzanne Somers, you know, phenomenon. You're Janet. Shut up. Cash your checks. You know,
1: I always liked her. Me too. She was but the smart one. me too.
2: But let's face it, who made the show run? She
1: wasn't the star. Yeah. She
2: was not the star and she made a lot of money. I'm sure. So let's not be bitter, Janet. Cause if it had been somebody else, you know, we, we never would have known the difference. Sorry. I do want to see the doc. Maybe she'll change my mind. Maybe she's phenomenal. Uh, this Week in Baseball, I I wish Bobby was on at this point because I would wax on about uh, watching baseball highlights with that music behind
0: I it. used to watch that every week. You used to watch it? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love you, Anne.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: It was my favorite. Like, 2.30 on a
2: Saturday. I would narrate, like... I'd be, I'd be up at Lopez and I had, had just watched This Week in Baseball and I would take my, my mitt and my ball and I would like throw the ball up and I would rush back against the cabin to try to catch it and keep it from going over the side of the cabin like an outfield or whatever. And I would narrate, you know, like the This Week in Baseball guys and then play the music in my mind. And try to make that catch. And if I didn't, I'd have to walk all the way around the cabin. to get the ball, which sucked.
0: <laughs> that is a great theme song. It's one of the best theme songs on TV. Yeah,
2: I'm going to put that up. Yeah,
0: and Notes, are you kidding me?
2: Anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Lotke is a liar. <laughs> Andrew thinks it's a shitty lie, which it is because the dude's a fucking swimmer, you know? This isn't uh, this isn't someone at the National Spelling Bee that's cooked up a lie. This is a guy who wins swimming medals. This is a guy who can turn off his brain for several hours a day and swim back and forth in a pool and not go crazy. I don't. I think I don't want to. I don't want to say all swimmers, but <laughs> but uh, never really met someone who did a ton of swimming that that I got into deep conversation with.
1: Hashtag not all swimmers, Mike.
2: <laughs> not all swimmers or joggers. I, I know some guys, I mean, I think jogging is immensely boring and would have never done it as like a way to stay in shape. Would have never done that. It would have been the last thing on my list. And I know there are a lot of super boring people that do it, but those are the people that usually talk about it all the time. I know a lot of long-distance <laughs> runners that are, that are really interesting people and the only time you ever see... Your only time you ever find out that they're a they're a, a marathoner or a triathlete or something is when someone tags them in a post when they've just done something super impressive and you're like, oh, that guy does that too, interesting. But if it's all you have to talk about,
1: well, you know, right, this guy is not known. I mean, he's notoriously <laughs> dumb, right? Right, right. <laughs> so of course his lie sucks. Yeah, and I'm sure he he said this lie and started an international incident because he didn't want to piss off his mom. I told his mom. 32 yeah. years
0: old. He's a grown <laughs> ass man. Um, I, I have gone through such a, a roller coaster, as Andrew would say, of feelings on this whole thing because it's been well known, well known that he's a douchebag yeah. for years. Like going back to the last Olympics, there have been, uh, things written about it. And so I thought, well, of course he's just being a jackass and being privileged and whatever. But then you start reading some of his tweets like the one they made the show picture which is just the spelling mistakes and the grammar mistakes and it was it was awful and then they put this his apology on there and i'm like well clearly somebody else wrote that because it's spelled properly yeah it's far too articulate and then um last night he th- was on an interview with Matt Lauer during the Olympics coverage that I was watching. And it was one of those where I was so embarrassed for him mm. that I got squirmy and wanted mm-hmm. to turn the channel, but I made myself watch it. And it's, it's not that he's a dummy. It's that he's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. He had about four different things that he could say. And he kept saying that he quote, over-exaggerated. And I'm like, that's not a word. Oh my God,
2: that would drive Emily out of her fucking mind. She hates that kind of thing.
0: And he couldn't answer any of the questions. It's very unique.
2: He over-exaggerated. I mean, that... Yeah.
0: You don't need to qualify those words. (sighs) No, he couldn't answer any of the slightly more complex questions that Lauer asked him. He just kept going back to the same things. And when he asked him, you know, when you saw your teammates got pulled off planes and were taken into custody, how did you feel? And he said, I felt hurt. Hmm. That was the best he could do. I felt hurt, not I felt guilty or I felt conflicted or I felt angry. I felt hurt. Or I like turtles. And (laughs) 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 And he was sitting there with those just beautiful, beautiful Blank eyes <laughs> and <his> <laughs> stupid <laughs> silver hair. <laughs> yep. Now I I feel I feel kind of bad for him because he's a world class dummy. Yeah. yeah. I wish you still had the Takedown podcast because he would be oh my, God. my first round pick. Yeah, he would be very in the dummy draft. very
2: high pick in the dummy draft. It just the most delicious douchebag. Ryan Lotkey.
0: <laughs> did
1: did Matt Lauer also call, call him Lotkey the entire time? <laughs> why is that so? Why like, is that
2: name no. so hard? It's it's right there. It's not it's not It's not a trick. It's all right there. I don't get why that name is so hard. I don't either. It just is. Uh, well, that's uh that's all I had for for Thursday.
1: All right, moving on to Friday 2189 Sprinklers rule everything around us. It is TVTL Hot Time Summer in the City Edition. Luke's in a kiddie pool in the backyard in about six inches of probably really hot, nasty water. After oh, that about picture. five minutes. Um,
2: <laughs> ladies, can I say something?
1: Sure. I mean,
2: Luke is uh, looking pretty good in that picture.
1: Yeah, he, mm-hmm. that low-carb grind must be working for him.
2: I mean, he, he's got himself in a good pose, too, because he can really, like... Charles Atlas thing when (laughs) you when you're propped up like that, and it and in the way his stomach was folding, like it's it's skinny enough to where when your stomach is folding, it's almost ab like, you know? Yeah, it's just skin,
1: it's not chub.
2: Yeah, so I mean, he hasn't looked that good in a long time. Congratulations, Luke. I bet there were a lot Mm -hmm. of ladies who took a long look at that one.
1: (laughs) Well, everyone on the Stens page was like, "Shut up about being fat, Luke. Stop talking about that immediately."
2: Yeah.
0: I was just more distracted by the by the pool, the ridiculousness of the pool and the audio setup. The proximity
2: and, of the pool to the electronics. Mhm.
0: <laughs> and being full in the sun.
2: Yeah.
1: He's Yeah. Uh, clearly not learned his lesson about sun exposure. Nope. I bet he's burned as, to a crisp now. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So Luke starts talking about how when he was a child he joined a breakdancing troupe called the backstreet was it backstreet breakdancers yes and he, he it sounds like he was just their little kid mascot he didn't know how to break dance and they just thought it was funny that he was hanging around and and so they sent him on terrible missions like uh challenging a guy named cobra to a dance <laughs> right <laughs> he had to call him out and when cobra was like get away from me kid he got to write cobra is a biter on a pole or something And then that moves us into handwriting talk. Uh, I guess they both sucked. They both have terrible handwriting. Um, This was still taught. I was taught penmanship.
2: Guys, I never saw the point of handwriting, and I'm glad it's disappearing as a thing. Like, when I was a kid, and they're teaching us handwriting, and I already knew how to write, I was like, what's this for? And (laughs) as as soon as I was not required to do it anymore, I was like, yeah, that was bullshit. I'm not doing that again. And there were like teachers that would still say, well, you have to write, you have to write this report in cursive or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I wasn't bad at it, but I never saw the point of it. Is there a point of it? If you can print, why not print?
1: Um, cursive, I think is faster for me. Yeah,
2: but yeah, I, I agree. It's probably faster for a lot of people, but, uh, there's, there's a certain, there's a certain point of diminishing returns with how fast people can write and how much ca- ca- it can be read by another person. I'm yeah. sure your writing is very good, but you know, there are a lot of people. I see a lot of doctors these days, uh, <laughs> indecipherable.
1: Well, that's always been right. the case. Doctors have a special spot in their brains. And it's always some really important information. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what should I do
2: with this, this medicine that could possibly kill me or overdose me? Or blah, 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 blah. Okay.
1: <laughs> That's why I'm glad about shot. the advent of, of electronic ordering to pharmacies. That's, yeah. I'm sure saved a lot of lives.
2: Yeah. It's, it's helping.
1: My natural. So I take notes a lot at work. That's the only time I really write anything. And I, I, I scribble down notes to myself. And I'm the only one who has to read them. And my normal script is some kind of hybrid between script and cursive. Um, and that just seems to work for me, but no one else has to read it. And, and mm-hmm. I, I shred them when I'm done with them after a while. So
0: that's the only time I write. I've noticed that my notes are a good um window into my emotional mindset because when I uh would look back on like my notes in college, I could tell that the classes I didn't understand anything in, I had really neat notes. <laughs> it's like asserting some form of control. I don't get the material, but at least I can write it down. <laughs> you can bring really up some neatly. bullet
2: point. You, you can shout out some phrase that you heard.
0: hmm Because I got that one. Mitosis. (laughs) Yep. So I can go back and look at all those old notes and be like, oh, yeah, I hated that class. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So while Luke is marinating in some rank pool water, Andrew is in Wallingford with a box of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle popsicles (laughs) that have jokes on them. And he described their flavors. And I actually laughed out loud when he said, oh, this one's sewer. Flavored. (laughs) (laughs) But they should have had, like, pizza.
0: Well, Yeah. (laughs) What's the point of having Ninja Turtle branded popsicles if it's just on the outside of the box? Because then once you buy them and you get home and they're not turtle-shaped or pizza-flavored, you're like... Well, screw this. I'm never getting these yeah. again.
1: Well, what this made me think of is when when we did have ice cream trucks when I was a kid, one, the, I loved the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ones because they were ice yes. cream bars that were shaped like their faces and they had little gumball eyes. Hmm. And you could get a purple one or a red one or, you know, but and these Donatello were, was my these were favorite.
2: These were just.
1: No, so I, I can't. I don't know what regular he was bullets. Eating just regular old popsicles that had branding.
2: That's how they get you. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah, pops. Seems like cheating. Popsicles are one of the things that that is happening. Um, in the uh, at least fruit bars is one of the things that's happening in my island of lost groceries. Uh, when Emerson was here, they bought, uh, they they ate a million popsicles. Those two, they love popsicles, <laughs> and they also bought these like fruit bars, like these Minute Maid fruit bars that like these triangles that are supposed to pop out. You're supposed to oh, eat yeah. them like like that. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody wanted those because we had real popsicles. Right. <laughs> so my job has been thawing out the different flavors, making fruit juice, and drinking that fruit juice Ooh, out of those. Is that so like that's syrup? F- it is. It's kind of like you know when you buy the concentrate. Yeah. You know, and you just you peel off the top of the can, you put it in the pitcher, and stir it in like mm. limeade and lemonade and stuff. That's what I'm doing with these little.
0: Why don't you just eat the bars? Because that's
2: too much. I, like I said, that's sugar too much. Oh, so you it's,
0: dilute hmm. it and drink it
2: Yeah, I'm cutting water. it way down to okay. make it tolerable for me. I have a lot of pills to take, like thousands of pills to take. So I need some, <laughs> some, you some need different... You need a lot of liquids. Yes.
1: Okay, Mike's staying hydrated. Um We learned these popsicles have really awesome jokes on them. Um Really awesome. Really awesome jokes. I got the last four of them. The Wax Museum
0: one was a mystery
1: to me. <laughs> that was and, written by an ESL student.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a joke. That was a nonsense. Right, yeah, That right, didn't make right. any sense. And then the right. fresh ground
1: one I didn't get. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, yeah. But the rest of them were, were pretty easy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I thought that the, the joke about how did Janine mend the farmer's pants, and it was with cabbage patches, I thought it was going to go in the direction of like corn silk. That was what no. I was thinking.
2: Well, you're thinking in a very crafty <laughs>
1: – Yeah. You well, because that's how you would mend a pant. Sunset
2: Magazine. Sort of. way.
1: <laughs> yes. Um We get a few notes about the Chateau Saint-Michel picnic coming up, and somebody suggests, I think it's Luke, suggests that you should just bring someone you don't like, like a relative you hate, because then you can say you spent some time with them, but then you'll just ha- be pawning them off on one of your friends. That's, that's interesting. Kind.
2: Human shield. I, I think some <laughs> people are considering doing that.
1: I guess we'll need some reports back. And then somebody emails and suggests that we play jarts, but with old phones. So I don't know what that means exactly. Are we just throwing phones around? Yeah, the
2: phones don't stick in the ground. And like they no. were saying, that's the most satisfying thing about the Yeah, jarts. the stabbing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but isn't it satisfying to watch a phone bounce? Yeah, but... I mean, and you've done it on purpose, not by accident. They have carpets of soft grass there. They would just sink into the grass. Hmm. They're not bouncing <laughs>
2: Yeah. I loved jarts when I was a kid because it was a game of skill and I loved that, you know, and it was, you could play it anywhere. You didn't have to have a horseshoe pit or whatever. And yeah, I never even considered that they were something that could harm anybody until they were outlawed. And then I was like, what, what, what happened? Mm -hmm. And, and I realized, yeah, if you, if you throw one of those, like, Super high and give it like some terminal velocity and it lands on someone's skull, of course it's going through yeah. there, but if you set up if you set up the 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 ring and you go stand forty feet away and <laughs> lob it toward the ring, I mean there was never any it was never any incident where anyone even was close to being hurt and and we were not the most careful kids
1: no, but I gotta say, as somebody with an older brother i'm kind of glad we didn't have a set of these.
2: Because he, he would have been bombing you from block. I would down have been impaled.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it never occurred to my brother. He probably would have. I would have been running away, and he would have been from a distance trying to bury one between my shoulder blades. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Andrew is just in, going through these popsicles. He is just charging them down. And Luke plays another <laughs> shitty Roger Miller song while Andrew's on his third. Yeah, um, we
2: got to stop this Roger Miller train.
1: Boy, oh boy. That guy was clearly just super drunk and rambling nonsense <laughs> uh-huh. during that song. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand Luke's love for him, but whatever, music taste is subjective. Um, they talk about their favorite childhood summer days, and Andrew goes first and he talks about being a, basically a yard slave to his dad. So he just spends all his weekends mowing the lawn and pulling weeds and cleaning the house top to bottom. Um, but on the other hand, he also had a go-kart and a dirt bike and a dune buggy and a pool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't cry for him, Argentina. He's mm. doing okay. How
2: could you not have any friends when you have all this accoutrement?
1: <laughs> At least
0: you'd have a shitty friend who was just using you for yes, your toys.
2: I would have been <laughs> that shitty friend to him.
0: I think if he wasn't so far out in the country, yeah, he would have had a lot yeah. more shitty friends. Yeah. There just weren't a lot of kids around.
2: One kid in our, on our block that had a pool. It was an above ground pool. And his name was John Steubenrock, and I was friends with him from mid-late June until <laughs> mid-late September every year.
1: Um, Luke asks Carrie to be a doll and make him another drink while he's marinating in his pool. A lamb. A lamb, is that what he said?
2: Yes, be a lamb, because mm-hmm. I get asked that all the time. That's why my nickname's Clip Club. <laughs>
0: right. Because I'm
2: always being a lamb.
0: And it must have been her who took that picture. Yeah. I'm so surprised he allowed that to be published. No, well, because he looked great. Mm-hmm. If he did we would never pro. have seen the light of day.
1: <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> be careful with that term.
2: Right. Oh, god. Let's not get into that. Again. Let's not.
1: Luke talks about filming himself diving for baseballs and making his hat fall off.
2: Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally I baseball
1: that. uh, highlights. That's I think a lot of kids did that, you know, like we would we would uh be our own sports commentator mm-hmm. as we were doing clumsy stupid things. and just I used to doing do that them basketball. over and over again until
2: you got it, the actual mm-hmm. part of it right where the shot went in mm-hmm. or you actually caught the ball.
1: Yeah. Um and so this made me think we should talk a little bit about our favorite childhood summers. So Mike, why don't you tell us, do you have any thoughts?
2: Uh I spent most of my summers until I was about 13 um, on Lopez Island in the San Juans. And my favorite times were when there'd be like a Mariners afternoon game or, uh, a night game on, and it just stayed light. So late stayed light till like nine 30, 10 or later. And what I like to do is when I would get up to the Island, if I didn't already have one, I would find the perfect driftwood bat and, I would just spend hours listening to the listening to Dave Niehaus announcing the Mariners game games and just knocking rocks out into the bay. And it was just really because I was a kind of a nervous kid. I didn't like being around adults and and there were really not a lot of kids to play on on the island because Megan Coughlin was hiding from me one bay over. (laughs) I couldn't find her. So I'm sure she would hit rocks with me. But um it, you you would think it was a lonely time, but it was a really like calming time for me. Those are my favorite childhood memories.
0: Anne? I feel like we were always moving in the summer. I don't know, it wasn't every summer, but I feel like I was always the new kid and I'd never settled into a routine or n- knew the neighborhood yet. But I guess by the time I was... 12 we were back in Minnesota and I would ride my bike to the library and or I would walk to the library and it was kind of a long way and across a really major intersection but then when I got there to go into the young adult section was kind of tucked out of the way and I remember all the the dust motes dancing in the sunlight and uh that summer that I found the Uh, unabridged copy of the Three Musketeers that had these cool, like, pen and ink drawings, illustrations in it. And I would just sit there and read that book and spend, uh, time by myself. That was, that was a good summer.
2: That's us. We're loners.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That sounds great. Meredith? Mine probably, there's a lot of different summer phases in my life, but my favorite was probably when I was probably four, four or five. Um, because this was when my parents were still married and we lived in this house that I was born in. And we lived on a street that had a ton of kids. Like every other house had kids our age across the street, down the street, all over the place. And this was the kind of neighborhood that we would close off the street and have block parties once or twice a summer on 4th of July. And, and we lived down the street from a park. That was awesome. And so I remember just like running wild with the neighborhood kids for days and days and days until our parents, you know, hollered at us to come in for dinner. And this was the same kind of thing where the sun didn't go down until 1030. And so we could be out late and and getting super dirty and crawling around in our neighbor's yards. And it was just really, really fun. I don't remember who those kids were (laughs) or anything about them. But I do have really fond memories of that time.
2: Yeah, we used to like to play Planet of the Apes. And I have no idea what the rules were, but we would play, play that just for hours until we couldn't see anymore.
0: Yeah. Did some people have to be the monkeys and some were the people? Yeah, I
2: think so. I mean, hmm. there was really only one speaking part if you were <laughs> one of the people. So it was really more interesting to play a monkey usually.
1: It was kind of heartwarming. Andrew talks about how this might be his best summer ever. Mm-hmm. Because he's Mm. just so happy to be back in Seattle and he loves his neighborhood and he loves his job and he loves his Allison's and he loves his whole house (laughs) and he could do anything good. Um and then he (laughs) starts cheese. cheese. (laughs) (laughs) And then he starts talking about if this is the best summer of his life, is it all downhill from here? (laughs) It's like way to put a spin on it. But just enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Andrew talks about his teen years, um, he moved out of the country and got a good group of friends. And that, that was a little bit heartwarming. He talked about ha- having mm-hmm. a close group of friends and having a really fun time when he was closer to the city. And I can see that. That's probably where he spawned his love of living in a bigger city. Um, he's got a lot of positive yeah. associations there. Um, he also has eaten seven popsicles at this point. <laughs> so he's definitely going to have diabetes. Um, how many calories are in those popsicles, do you suppose? I don't know. Over a hundred for sure. Um, and then they reminisce a bit about sprinklers and how they were the best. And and I do love them. And I'm reliving that love now because Eddie loves sprinklers <laughs> so much. Aww. And we have an in-ground system now. And, and uh, Sunday and Thursday are the days we're allowed to water. And those mornings he goes out to go potty. He just plays in the sprinklers for like an hour. And he puts his mouth over them and drinks the water. And he jumps around in them and chases them and bites them. And he just has such a good time. It's fun to see. Um, moving on to music for your weekend. Uh, Andrew pranks us by playing Donovan, One English Jesus. Summer. <laughs> <laughs> and then he plays a Chad and Jeremy song, One Summer Song, which I love that one. I've heard that a million times and I'm not quite sure why, but that's a really mm-hmm. nice one. Luke talks about Wilco, um, plays I'm Always in Love off of Summer Teeth, which is a great album and a great band he wonders what jeff tweedy is singing about and i think the answer is usually drugs <laughs> i don't know specifically on that one but my guess is drugs
2: i think yeah you can always make that leap with music if you can't figure out what the song's about it's probably about heroin
1: yeah right <laughs> um and then luke tells us a little bit about his wilco cover band named roger where he got to sing oh i'm always in love and uh, if only there were a recording of that somewhere Bill in Toronto recommends a Tragically Hip song and talks a little bit about Gord Downey being diagnosed with a glioblastoma and they're going off on their last, probably last tour, which I think is a really nice thing to do. And then I also thought, well, don't insult them by calling them the U2 of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're they're on their last tour here. Let's be nice. Yeah. And then we close out with Poets by the Tragically Hip.
2: Where have I heard that a lot before? Somebody used use that as their, like their podcast theme song or something was it the McCallies i don't know or i don't know that's a new one to me oh you never heard that before uh-uh. so it must be something unique to my listening pleasures because i've heard that a lot as like an intro but i'll figure that out i have a lot of things to work on this week guys <laughs>
1: You've homework mm-hmm. yeah
0: <laughs> anything else for friday i just want to say i did a quick nutrition check on those ninja turtle popsicles they're only 40 calories a piece really mm. seven grams wow. of sugar
1: yeah. That's, not too bad. that's,
2: that's the source of calories, the only source. Yes. Of calories. Well, it's just
1: sugar and water, right? <laughs> so that's 280 calories. That's a healthy snack. Way to go, Andrew. Sure.
2: Sure. Just that, don't eat that banana goo.
0: <laughs> uh, let's move into some housekeeping then. Uh, as you're learning, there are some ways to help us out of some jams. I mean, we're pretty stocked up on jams right now, but you well, never I'm know. I'm about, about to the go, future. I'm
2: about to go meet Bobby. And as soon as we get done here and I send you my recording, I'm going to be meeting Bobby. So let's, <laughs> I'm going to up it to five jams. Since people have been All so right. generous, um, we'll just take, we'll just take Bob and Ingrid's money and just, you know, that'll be today's jam money.
0: Okay. Put, put it to some good yeah. use. All right. It, if you would like to increase our, uh, jam stock, uh, Please feel free to donate using the button on our website. You can also uh, use our Amazon portal and buy there. And we also have stickers, stickers still available, a 10-sticker and LRB sticker. Please visit our website at littleredbandwagon.com. You can check us out on Facebook. We have a show Twitter at LRE Podcast. You can send us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. And you can certainly send us a voicemail or text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And we have a note here from Jeremy uh, next to our Nerd Out Loud question mark. And he says, yes, we'll be back on Monday, August 22nd. So right after LRB, you can head over to nerdoutloudpod.com while you're waiting for TBTL to show up.
2: And I hope we'll get an even more extensive recap of the wedding party mm-hmm. on there. Hope they don't jump straight into space garbage or whatever, <laughs> whatever Jeremy <laughs> usually likes to talk about. Like, I just don't get space exploration. I just don't get it. Anyway, what the reason actually, I was thinking about it the other day because We had all these insects in the, in the driveway and they're all trying to get in the car or inside with us because it's too hot, too muggy, whatever. And I came in and I thought that I'd stopped all of the insects from coming in, but two were on my neck. So Emily got those and one of them I didn't recognize. And I was like, we don't even know everything about all of the creatures that are on this earth. Why are we going like to space? (laughs) To look for spiders. I got one, something right here that just got killed on my neck that we don't have any idea. This is an uncharted. This species has never been seen. Is that so, why
1: we're going to space to look for spiders?
2: Well, you saw starship troopers, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a good and point. That's, yeah. That's what's
2: out there. I mm-hmm. mean, we send our handsomest and most beautiful people to fight. And I think that's a mistake. So, um, yeah, just anti space. So if, uh, if nerd out loud space, I'm usually out.
0: If I can offer an alternate perspective, I love space, so I will happily listen to any space-related discussion, although I think Mm. I am more astronomy and Jeremy is more space technology, but still, you never know what you're going to learn from space exploration. It's how we got Tang.
2: There are so many boring ways to talk about space. I mean, (laughs) you're right. You're right. And who's who's drank any Tang lately? Except somebody who's made a a bad grocery store decision and is now paying for it while their wife's out of town. Who who else?
0: What about astronaut ice cream? Uh, I've never we had. it. Have is that, that the stuff
2: like they have at the ball game that was supposed to take over the world? Yeah, like
1: no, not <laughs> Dippin' dots. dots. No, it's uh, it's <laughs> freeze dried ice cream. Yeah, I'm it, paying it's eleven dollars
2: those... for a baseball helmet full of ice cream. Give me some fucking ice cream. I don't want any. <laughs> Astronaut bullshit. Well, space
1: ice cream is like um, Lucky Charms marshmallows. That's what it is.
2: Oh, fuck that. (laughs) Anyway, on that up note, uh, (laughs) until next time, this is the next party.
0: And we love you, Jen. Nailed it.
2: Nailed it.